What if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job? Choose Express Employment Professionals, and that's exactly what you'll get. They can help you find work in any industry with just one interview at Express. You have a connection to endless jobs, whether you want a contract job, a new full-time role, or a summer job. Choose Express Employment Professionals. Express has more than 860 locally owned locations and no fees for job seekers. Visit expresspros.com today to find a location near you. The weather is heating up, which means summer is almost here. Macy's is my go-to place for summer fashion, and I'm getting so excited just looking at Macy's.com for new bathing suits, beach towels, even floaties for the kids. They have all the poolside essentials. Macy's has everything you need for any summer occasion, your summer trip, wedding, or graduation. Macy's has you covered. You can shop all your favorite brands like DKNY, Michael Kors on 34th, shop at Macy's.com or in store. Get ready to simplify your life with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. Stay connected wherever you go and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Powering applications like real-time GPS and voice assistant, navigation becomes a breeze. Plus, with Wi-Fi for up to 10 devices, you can keep everyone entertained while on the road. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. Discover the convenience for yourself and see if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicles and operation compatible device and vehicle require. Hey there, mamas. Everyone knows how it goes. You're giving it your all to breastfeed or pump for your little one. But there are times when you might need a little extra help. That's where traditional medicinals Mother's Milk comes in. Mother's Milk is an organic herbal tea blend designed to support healthy lactation for breastfeeding and pumping moms. Plus, it's caffeine-free. Learn more about Mother's Milk at traditionalmedicinals.com forward slash Mother's Milk. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This project is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Wind Down with Janet Kramer and Michael Crossman, an iHeartRadio podcast. Okay, so we know that um, obviously what we're talking about today um, can be considered a controversial topic and there's a lot of misinformation and our intention is not to spread misinformation. Um, we just want to allow our guests that we have on today to give their opinions and have a discussion. Um, that being said, we do not pretend to be doctors or scientists or give medical advice. We just wanted to have this conversation, but we encourage y'all to do your research, um, consult with your healthcare professional. Um, we know that there are many opinions and we will continue the conversation um, and educate ourselves um, within our marriage and our um, and you know with with our kids. Um, you know, we obviously have Robert Kennedy Jr. joining us today on the show, and we also have a um, doctor, Dr. Abe Malkin, um, who is going to just be on the other side of things because we want there to always, there's always you know two sides, and we believe that both voices deserve to be heard. Yeah, I think it's just our job as citizens and as people, right, on any kind of topic that can be passionate and controversial is to just gather information. And that's all we're doing on this episode. We just want to give different sides of the coin, allow people to make up their own minds. And, you know, to not be um, mean about it or post negative comments. It's just, again... um, there's so many things out there right now, lots of misinformation. So we just, we got the the two best that we know to kind of debunk certain things um, and express their thoughts and their feelings. And 
don't worry, we'll be back to our regular scheduled programming <laughs> of Mike and Jana fighting next week. <laughs> so until then, um, let's get on with the show. And uh, just a disclaimer, because we're going there, the views and opinions expressed are solely of the individuals participating in the podcast and do not represent the opinions of iHeartMedia or its employees. This podcast should not be used as medical advice or as imparting any healthcare recommendations at all. Individuals are advised to seek independent medical counseling advice and or therapy from a competent healthcare professional with respect to any medical condition choices regarding vaccinations, mental health issues, health inquiry, or matter, including matters discussed on this podcast. Guests and listeners should not rely on matters discussed in the podcast and shall not act or refrain from acting based on information contained in the podcast without first seeking independent medical advice. And that goes as well for all the advice we give you in our marriage, because Lord knows we don't know what we're doing, <laughs> but we're just going the off short of what our therapist said. We don't know what we don't know. So <laughs> take everything you hear here for what it is. You know, I was even talking to my mother earlier. Why do you say it like that? I hope that I hope our kids never say my mother earlier. My mommy? You want me to say my <laughs> yeah, mommy? I do. I want you to say, I was talking to mommy earlier. I was talking to mommy earlier and I was telling her who we were having on today. And it's just, you know, even for, I think any generation is like, oh. Like, like we're, we're now legit. It's like, <laughs> you guys are actually, <laughs> this is actually your job. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Um, we have a Kennedy on today. RFK Jr. Yes. Um, very excited. And, um, I also have two of my high school girlfriends joining us, Chelsea and Andrea. Say hello. Hey guys. Hello. Thanks for having us. Of course. So we, um, we did an episode a few weeks ago that involved, um, we, we talked to Dr. Oz, just a few questions. Mm -hmm. And, um, I gotta say, I had Andrea look through some of the comments, but some of the comments on the the podcast were pretty rough. Really? Yeah, they said that you know our job is like that we were kind of like misinforming, and and I think the issue is we to talk about a lot of things, right? But we also want to have different sides to the story, just like you know how we have different therapists come on and different opinions, and you know Dr. Oz was for vaccinations, and you know you you have the other side saying that it's dangerous for us to even talk about the other side. And, you know, I feel like that's where we're doing a disservice, too, because I think both sides need to be heard. And I was reading some of my comments, and two of my high school girlfriends um, had tagged uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. in one of my posts and said that we should get him on the podcast to talk about the opposite side of vaccinations. And I thought it was obviously in an interesting idea mm-hmm. um because there is such a some information for one side and then the other um so that's how andrea and chelsea are now on this podcast with us um and y'all have a lot of information on on mr kennedy don't you we sure oh, do yeah. <laughs> this is a dream come true to, to yeah. be able to speak with him he's one of the most knowledgeable people out there on vaccine safety and legislator and he's worked to fight against huge major companies just all in the name of children's rights which is fantastic i commend you guys for bringing this up a lot of people won't touch this topic and i do think it's so important to tell both sides of the story right to give people a chance give them the resources give them the information give them a chance to make the decision that's best for their family that they believe and so you know you're never going to make everyone happy i get that but i really applaud you guys for doing that so why do you guys think subjects as this where people, their beliefs, it, it almost seems like 
it's either right or wrong, right? Like it's almost like Republican versus Democrat. Why is this topic in y'all's opinion, such a topic that's like when someone believes the other majority of people, it seems like are like, well, that's clearly wrong. Why would you believe that? In my opinion, I think it's because we're going to our doctors, right? And it's really our doctors that are telling us, this is what we need to do. You're kind of mandated to do these shots for your kids to go to school. And so I think we're just trusting the people that are advising our health for our children. And also media comes out and gives you all the ads and everything that's pushing that they're safe. So I think it's really hard to unlearn something that you've been indoctrinated mm -hmm. with really your whole life. If you've grown up knowing I have to get my vaccines, these are going to make me healthy. This is going to make me safe. I think it's really hard, which is why we commend you so much for actually even looking into this because it's very eye-opening once you start reading about it. And it's hard. It's really hard to wrap your mind around something that you believed your whole life is safe to find out that it might not be. And, and here's, here's what I believe. I believe that the people that are in the positions that Chelsea and I are in, where they've really challenged vaccines and they've done the research, they feel strongly about it because we feel like the other side hasn't done that research. Because honestly, I don't know many people that can do truly do that research, read the studies, find the holes, find the lies, and still support vaccinate so strongly to your point Mike like with the emotion and mm -hmm. with so much conviction like I am just it's to me it was very compelling and I mean Chelsea and I were we're pretty logical pretty rational well-educated people like it's not like I think it just surprises people they think that people who you know challenge vaccinations aren't in their circles you know they think that there's these people they don't know who are these crazy people like that are just you know, their children are getting sick all the time, infecting others. And it's like, I think actually some of the friends in our circles were shocked to learn that we, we were quote, those people, right? We were the people that are actually challenging vaccines and haven't necessarily followed the full schedule with our children. So. And I think too, people are very surprised to find out how healthy unvaccinated children are. And I think it's hard for people to say like, but I did everything right. I did everything my doctor said. Why is my child always sick? but you're the one who's supposed to have the sick child because you're not doing it. So I think it's just a lot of understanding and researching, but people need to change their entire way of thinking. Right. And like I said, it's like, once I started really researching it and seeing the hard facts, it's like, this is, this is just almost a crime against humanity. What's going on. The what? last thing I want to say is just, it, it's also, <laughs> people are super defensive. It's their children. Yeah. Like nobody yeah, wants sure. to hear that maybe they made, a, a decision for their children that is maybe going to pose problems for them later in life or that they had a, if they didn't have like a severe bad reaction immediately, like mm -hmm. maybe it's going to, so of course everybody's defensive about that. We're all trying to make the best decision for our children, you know? Right. What inspired both of you to, to start going down this, this direction, right? What was the one thing that kind of sparked it for you to be like, wait a second, I don't know about this. Yeah. I, I can, I, yeah, I, I can first. start. So, um, so when I had my daughter, she's three now, we were living in California and California at the time was a state that only allowed medical exemptions, meaning you could only be exempt from certain vaccines if you had a medical reason and a note from your doctor stating that. So, whereas other states will allow like personal belief exemptions and religious exemptions. So you can claim that as a reason for which you're not vaccinating or fully vaccinating your child. 
So at the time, you know, even when I was pregnant, I started looking into it because I'm the type of person that if there's any debate on a topic, I want to know both sides. I want to do my research and I want to come to my own conclusion. Mm -hmm. I started looking into it. And to be honest, I didn't found, I didn't find all the research that I ended up finding a couple years later or a year later, but I found some, and it was enough to, to basically direct me to a pediatrician or lead me to a pediatrician that allowed a staggered schedule or like a delayed schedule. So for the first year of my daughter's life, we lived in California and we were vaccinating on a very delayed schedule. Then when we moved back to Michigan, a state that allowed all exemptions, personal, religious, and medical, when I tried to find a pediatrician, the first question they all asked me was, are you fully vaccinating? And I was like, well, no, but, you know, and so then it really prompted me to dig in further. And what I found then was like, just to me, I was like, I was astounded. I mean, I would read books and my heart would be racing because then I would look at certain things that had happened with my daughter and they weren't major reactions, thankfully, but there were little things along the way that I was like, wow, was that because of the vaccines we gave her? So what I did at that point was, I, I mean, I really, I dove in, I found Children's Health Defense, I found Robert Kennedy, I watched his videos and I mean, I was just shocked. And like, I know that Robert will hit on a couple of the high points, but the two that really, I guess, stuck with me that I want to call out is the metals, like the ingredients. And there's a lot of ingredients that there are that I have challenges with, but one is aluminum. It's a known neurotoxin. And one example that I feel like is so poignant because this information comes from the CDC website. It comes from the FDA. One of the popular versions of the hep B shot that's given to infants less than 24 hours old has 0.2 uh, milligrams of aluminum in it. If you look at per, if you look at the FDA website, it says the safe amount that's allowed in drinking water of aluminum is 0.2 milligrams per liter. Yet per milliliter of the vaccine, there's 0.5 milligrams of aluminum. So like, how can you trust the fact that this information you're getting from the FDA directly negates what's happening with the CDC and the information that's in the vaccine? They want you to give your child at 24 hours old. That blew my mind. Then the other one that I'm sure Robert, Robert will touch on is the fact that in 1986, a law was passed that basically took all liability away from vaccine manufacturers because they went to the government and said, vaccines are unavoidably unsafe and there's too much liability for us in this business. You need to protect us. And at that point, free from all liability. So imagine you have a car seat for your child if you knew mm -hmm. that that car seat manufacturer was exempt from liability, would you use that car seat for your child? Mm -hmm. No. That's that's the analogy we use. So that's our favorite two analogy. It is because it's a good it one. Is, any and so, safety, like any product for anything, your child, anything. right? And if you knew that a bunch of children like the died. net we were using for our kid because <laughs> Jace was climbing out of his crib. The net of death. <laughs> yeah. I just the one disclaimer I want to make though is like this is truly, this is a very personal choice. And I know that people will argue it affects others and it may, but we all do things that affect each other every day. But I just think this is a very personal decision. And I think everybody needs to research on their own. As you guys said, they need to come down to the best choice for their family. And, and they also need to research the risk on the disease and, and, and determine is the risk of the disease going to outweigh the risk of the vaccine? Like, I think that's such an important point because people, you can't just go into this blindly and be like, yeah, vaccines are unsafe. You have to understand what you're up against and you have to make your own decision. And I think that's why it's not about being, we, we hate the term anti-vax 
and thank you for not using it because it's really just about safety. understanding that it's not one size fits all. Mm -hmm. We want more transparency. We want more safety. And you'll hear Robert advocate for that as well. We want, we want the exemptions. Don't take away the exemptions. And a lot of states are at risk for that. So I just want to make that disclaimer that it's really just about information about doing your research and making the decision that's best for your family. And we're not judging anybody for what they do. We just want people to understand that there is a lot of validity to this side. Chelsea, what about you? Where was the spark for you? So the spark for me was really, um, you know, when I first started, when I was pregnant with my first child, I just, I had no idea about vaccines and I just thought it was something you do. It's safe, whatever. Um, what really first piqued my interest was my, our pediatrician who is very pro-vaccine told us not to do the happy shot at birth. And that was really surprising because then I started researching like, well, okay, well, what about everything else? And he basically had said, yeah, do everything else, you know, this and that, but just don't do happy at birth. It's not necessary. It's unsafe. And so from there I went home and I started reading more books and researching it more. Um, and then I saw that on the CDC schedule that there were four shots that they wanted to give, I think it's what at two months old or eight weeks old. And I was like, oh my gosh, four shots? That, that's crazy. Um, I don't even like to get shots, much less to give my infant four shots all at once, that it seemed strange to me and somewhat cruel that we'd have to have their infant bodies who's their immune systems aren't completely developed to fight off four viruses or diseases all at once when in a natural environment that would really never happen. Mm -hmm. So that really started to pique my interest. And then really just as a mom, initially, I'm like, this is just kind of cruel. I don't want to give my baby four shots all at once. So initially it was really just, I just want to do one at a time and then go from there. So doing one at a time, my daughter had an initial adverse reaction to DT first shot that she had and that was around eight months old and then i waited almost two years or like a year and a half to give her her second shot of dtap and she was around two years old at that time and she had a really bad reaction to it at that time and since that first point of the first reaction around her being just under a year i started doing even more research and more research but again i was still on the train of but I'm supposed to do this, but my doctor says I should. And, you know, he'd even said like, let's hold off on the DTAP for a while and just do these other ones. So then at that point, I was kind of picking and choosing which ones based on the research I did, like, you know, does the disease outweigh the vaccine? And from there, um, I think I was just really shocked on all of it. And that just kind of piqued my interest. And then I, for the last three years, I've really been spending the majority of my time <laughs> researching things on vaccine safety and really following um, Robert Kennedy Jr. And, and his CHD and everything that they've been doing to advocate for this. And I've really just had a passion for it because mm -hmm. I do see some of the other children suffering from adverse reactions that people I don't think initially correlate with vaccines. Um, you know, so that's kind of where I've started coming from. Well, speaking of Robert, uh, F. Kennedy Jr. We have him in the waiting room. So shall we bring him on? Let's bring him in. Hey, 
there. Did you know that May is Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is celebrating by highlighting some cool AAPI-owned brands like Cardon, Kaja, Amelia George, and Hey Maeve. I mean, I love that a big brand like Macy's is supporting Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. It's important. But you know what? The best reason to check out these brands is that they're just really awesome. Seriously, you need to check them out. And you know what else? You have a great opportunity to open up access to college for AAPI students and help them succeed by donating to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. You can donate online or just round up your purchase at Macy's when you check out. So do what you can to help. Join Macy's and round up your purchase to the nearest dollar at checkout to support APIA scholars. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander owned brands at Macy's.com or in store. Get ready to simplify your life with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. Stay connected wherever you go and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Powering applications like real-time GPS and voice assistant, navigation becomes a breeze. Plus, with Wi-Fi for up to 10 devices, you can keep everyone entertained while on the road. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. Discover the convenience for yourself and see if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicles and operation compatible device and vehicle require. What if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job, not a website, but a person in your community that would help you for free? Choose Express Employment Professionals and that's exactly what you'll get. Express Employment Professionals is the local jobs expert you can trust, and they never charge a fee to help with your job search. Go to expresspros.com to find the office near you or download the Express Jobs app to get started. With a wide range of opportunities in a variety of industries, from welding to sales, forklift operator to customer service, the team at Express is ready to help you or someone you know take the next career step. Whether you're looking for a contract job for the summer or a new full-time role, turn to Express Employment. Interviewing with Express Employment professionals can be as easy as a phone call, and one application with Express puts you in the running for numerous opportunities in your community. Don't go in your job search alone. Visit ExpressPros.com today. Hey there, mamas. Everyone knows how it goes. You're giving it your all to breastfeed or pump for your little one. But there are times when you might need a little extra help. That's where traditional medicinals Mother's Milk comes in. Mother's Milk is an organic herbal tea blend designed to support healthy lactation for breastfeeding and pumping moms. Plus, it's caffeine-free. Learn more about Mother's Milk at traditionalmedicinals.com forward slash Mother's Milk. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey, everybody. Hey, Hey, Mr. Kennedy. How you doing, sir? I'm great. Good. I'm going to go ahead and intro you, intro you and then we're going to get going. You look beautiful. Really? <laughs> it's all makeup. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we have a legend in, a, in, a, in our, on our show today and someone who doesn't need much of an introduction, but we have Mr. Robert Kennedy Jr. on the show. Welcome him to Wind Down. Mr. Kennedy, thank you so much for coming on our show. We really appreciate it. We're we're honored honored and humbled that you're here with us, especially yeah. to talk about something that's uh 
I think on a lot of people's minds these days, especially with young ones. For sure. And I didn't think you were going to DM me back. My, my two girlfriends that I went to high school with um, have followed you from the beginning. And, um, you know, they love everything that you do with the Children's Health Defense Organization. And, you know, they were the ones that said, try and get him on your podcast. And so that's when I was like, I texted Chelsea, the the beautiful one in pink, and I said, should I tr- ask him? Should I DM him? Like, what do I do? <laughs> Should I and- ask him out? <laughs> you can, please. If you can. You hit me at a perfect time because I'm so technologically inept that I I never looked at my DMs before. <laughs> and it just happened that, that yeah, week I had a guy who was staying with me and said, you know, there's a lot of people DMing him. And I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> Perfect timing. Well, I'm going to go ahead and jump in here with you, Mr. Kennedy, because I know your time is valuable. And, you know, we had uh, Dr. Oz on our show a couple weeks ago, and we got onto the topic. Jana and I have two young little ones. We have a five and two-year-old. And we got on the topic of vaccines. And he was very pro-vaccine in in his right and his opinion and his expertise is great. And But we we like to give our listeners, you know, both sides of the coin because we just want people to have all the information that they can. And who, who better to talk about the other side of it than you? And I know Jana and I have gone back and forth a lot recently about this. And, you know, we're of those minds as we want to trust our doctors, the people who were educated and given degrees professionally for, for the information that they're giving us. And at what point, like, are we supposed to start questioning our doctors? And we want to believe these people, but, you know, it's scary to think that we have to start questioning it. I mean, let me go back a little, okay? Doctors are not scientists. They're not taught, you know, they're not taught science. They're brilliant people and they go to medical school and the medical schools are largely funded by pharmaceutical companies and they're taught how to recognize disease and they're, um, and they memorize huge amounts of information, but those aren't science schools. People who are scientists have an entirely different set of skills, which is how to read and study critically. A lot of it is statistical. And and, um, my actual, my career has been in litigation Mm -hmm. and on environmental issues. I've brought hundreds and hundreds of cases. I brought the case that was on uh, now the subject of the film of the Mark Buffalo film, Dark Waters, which was a, a DuPont case. I brought the, you know, I was on the trial team in the Monsanto case, but hundreds and hundreds of cases. And in every one of those cases, and so you have experts on one side that says, you know, Roundup is say who swear to you very convincingly that Roundup is safe and that it won't cause non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And then we have our experts that come on and say, wait a second, the studies that you were relying on are studies that were done by industry. And here are the flaws that they have in them. And they're a deliberate deception. They're a deliberate fraud. So you have a battleground of the experts. And those skills to read those studies critically are seldom taught in medical school. Um, I've talked to many, many doctors and said to them, why do you think that, including Dr. Oz, who's my friend, and I've said to him, why do you think that the vaccine is safe? 
and can you name me a study this particular vaccine? Why do you think that that vaccine is averting more problems than it's causing? Show me the science and I'll believe you. And in all the years that I've been doing this, I've never had a doctor come back and say, oh, well, you can look at the, you know, uh, the first Ratten study and or anything like that. And what they pediatricians particularly have told me is in medical school, we are given at most half a day on vaccines. And we're taught here are the vaccines that you give, here are the diseases they prevent. If you don't give these, we're going to have an influx of diseases. And they're not taught to read the manufacturer's inserts. They're never asked to look at the ingredients of the vaccine and, and explain how mercury injected into a child is going to leave that child's body unharmed. Listen, if somebody says to me, here's a study, Bobby, that shows you're wrong. It shows that vaccinated kids are healthier than unvaccinated. I'll make this pledge to you today. I will put that study on my website. I will close down my organization and I'll go back to doing Waterkeeper full time. I'll never find that study. Whew. Mic drop. Damn. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to ask, I'm going to play devil's advocate for one second Go ahead. and I'm going to ask, so you're dealing with the masses here and things can become subjective to an extent. Think about psychological issues. Maybe kids may deal with, maybe a kid was neglected or abandoned as a child. You take two kids in the same scenario. One could turn out one way. One could turn out a completely different way, regardless of how, even if they're raised the exact same way with some kind of abandonment, neglect, addiction in their family, whatever. And they could still turn out completely different, right? So something like this, you take the vaccines and you have two kids and you and you you know inject them with these vaccines and at the end of their, end of their life or later in their life, they could have completely different results. Right? Where there's I'm sure there's kids out there. I don't this isn't factual, just in my opinion of playing the numbers game, I'm sure there's kids out there that haven't had any side effects or issues due to vaccines. And then there's kids that apparently clearly have. So Mr. Kennedy, are you trying to convince like uh, America to just stay away from vaccines altogether when you have these people that have had kids or that have had no issues? Like, I guess, how do you even steer people like that away? Or are they just anomalies and you just, you can't help everybody? Well, Here's two answers to questions. The first answer is I am not anti-vaccine. Hmm. I am what all I've said, and I've said this from the beginning. I had all my kids vaccinated. I got vaccines every single year, flu vaccines for 20 years. Would I do that if I went could go back? No, I would not, because now I know a lot about vaccines. But I am no, I'm not ideologically against vaccines. What? I've said is if they test the vaccine, like every other medication is supposed to be tested, then I'll close up shop. And what that means is you take a vaccinated group and a placebo group, give them both the vaccine, watch what happens and see who has better health outcomes. If the vaccinated children have better health outcomes, then I close up shop and go away. 
but we have on our website, we've been able to go through, you know, the, all of the archives of all the medical literature. There's one place where NIH, it's a library for all the peer-reviewed studies that have ever been done, and it's called PubMed. And we go on PubMed, and you know there have been the CDC tries to stop these studies from being done, vaccinated versus unvaccinated studies. Um, but nevertheless, scientists have managed throughout time to do them, and we have about sixty of them now on my Instagram. I publish them periodically in groups in a way that's very easy to read, that anybody with second grade education can read them. And, um, and we know what the studies say. In every case we've been able to find, the kids who are vaccinated have higher degrees of allergies. They, they have more allergic rhinitis. They have um, more visits to the hospital. They have much larger, higher special education. They have more diabetes. They have more arthritis. They, are, they have shorter lifespans. And so what I'm saying is let's test these. And it, listen, they're completely, the company has no incentive to make these vaccines safe. Think of the companies that you're dealing with here. It's four companies, Merck, Sanofi, Pfizer, and, uh, and GlaxoSmithKline. The, those four companies in the lab, these are the companies that brought us the opioid epidemic. What if you told them you can sell all the opioids that you ever want and nobody can ever be allowed to sue you? That's the position they're in. So these four companies in the last 10 years have paid $35 billion in criminal penalties and damages for falsifying signs, for lying to regulators, for defrauding doctors, for bribing, blackmailing, committing all kinds of criminal acts. What make it takes a kind of cognitive dissonance mm -hmm. to believe that those companies that what that that are doing that stuff even when they can get caught and get sued. Did you read the Politico uh, article that came out? Because I was curious on what you thought about that because they were saying that. Uh, what article? Um, it was a. It, it said. It said. Um. Robert F. K. Jr. is our brother and uncle. He's tragically wrong about vaccines. And basically in the article, it had said um, immunizations prevent some 2 million to 3 million deaths a year and have the potential to save another 1.5 million lives. And then it was talking about how the measles are coming back because the kids that aren't vaccinated are now, you know, uh, with, with a measles outbreak, there's like 100,000 plus deaths. So where I guess that's where I get confused with um seeing some things and hearing other facts it's like because the other kids are, you know there's now the now a measles outbreak i'm like what is that because the kids weren't being vaccinated or how did that even come well, back? well let me, okay let me address those because you, you ask a lot of questions there first of all is it um is it important that three members of my family i've got 105 you know um, cousins <laughs> and brother, 11 brothers and sisters. Is it important that three of them uh, attacked me in a in Politico? And I, what I would say to you, I, you know, personally, I know a lot more about vaccines. I've spent 15 years litigating them. And, uh, my family has very strong um, 
relationships with the public health community. You know, I grew up knowing Dr. Fauci and Francis Collins, the biggest um, institution at NIH is the Kennedy Krieger Institute, the Eunice Schreiber Institute is over there too. My family has been intertwined with them and my activism has been an embarrassment to my family, to mem certain members of my family who are particularly immersed in that, you know, area. So, and my family argues about everything. We were, you know, <laughs> we were raised to argue with each other. And <laughs> I love each other, so I, this doesn't bother me at all. What bothered me a little bit about it is that I, um, I did, I published, or I wrote and submitted to Politico a point-by-point -point refutation to every single um, point in that article, and Politico refused to publish it. And that, I think the censorship of mm. this issue is something that should bother every American. And people who want to read my refutation um, can go on Children's Health Defense website and read it. It's childrenshealthdefense.org. Um, if you want to get more information, um, the, the website um, has a lot of um, resources, um, seeking justice, exposing causes, protecting the future, um, and you know talks all about it where you can research and also donate to the cause as well. Well, if I already wasn't stressed as a parent, I think we have a lot more information to be stressed. No, I love it. And I'm going to, in the whole that whole field, you know, this is a relationship show. We talk a lot about marriage and kids and all that, hence why we wanted to talk about vaccinations. Um, but you're in your third marriage to Cheryl Hines, who I'm a big fan of, big fan of Curb Your Enthusiasm and all of that. And so from a relationship standpoint, what has made this marriage work for you personally over ones in the past? Um, well, you know, my, my, uh, my last wife, um, tragically died. Um, and Cheryl came into my life around that time. I had six kids, mm -hmm. um, which she, which Cheryl inherited. And I, the, listen, the, I cannot take any credit for it. I can, my, I'm literally married to an angel and she's, Oh, that is so sweet. She's Cheryl. wise. <laughs> um, her, she's wise. She's thoughtful. Um, she is always. Uh, there's never. I've never in my life in our relationship felt like there was a quid pro quo. Like you do this for me, and I'll do this for you. It's all everything. Um, is uh, comes from a place of love you know, and of just wanting to make the other person feel comfortable and happy. And I feel like if God gave me what I deserved, that I would have been struck by lightning. <laughs> <laughs> but for yeah. some reason, he sent me this angel. You know, the other thing, she's super smart. Cheryl came and, and you know, and she she's a comedian so being married what can what is a better thing than being married to a comedian she's making me she makes me laugh all the time but i'm constantly astonished by her first of all she is like a mom to my kids in every way you know and they confide in her and they love her and it was a difficult transition you know to go from um, what they had to go through to, you know, to sort of accepting a person in their life who they trust and who they love. And 
Um, and she acts in every way like a really caring, good mother, but she has wisdom, you know, wisdom. The, the word wisdom means a knowledge of God's will. It's, mm-hmm. it's an intuitive um, understanding of what's right and what's wrong. And she has that gift in almost every situation. She kind of knows immediately um, what the right thing to do, what the right thing to say is. I'm always astonished when I see her on TV and um, somebody asks her sort of an awkward question and about how deftly she handles it so that nobody gets embarrassed and so that it's, oh, everybody seems smart and wise and, and funny. And um, so I just feel like I've gotten a, uh, you know, I, I feel like I've gotten this extraordinary gift. And for me, at this point in my life, I'm, um, you know, I get a lot of joy from anticipating what she, what is going to make her happy and, um, and, uh, and then trying to do it without being asked to do it. She, she likes to have the bed made in the morning and she likes, you know, um, she, she was joking with her friend or one of her best friends is Susan Yeagley, who is um, married to Kevin Nealon. And they were talking the other day and saying, what's the sexiest thing that a man can do? And Susie Hagley said, the dishes. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a good one. I, I prefer, I know, I prefer the when he cooks. I like to do the dishes, but I, I do not know how to cook. I'm not a chef. It's not, it's not my thing. Well, um, Mr. Kennedy, thank you so, so, so much for your time today. We've had an unbelievable time talking with you about everything we could talk to you all day and listen to you talk all day but i know myself my wife Jana, chelsea and, and andrea we all appreciate your time and we've learned a lot and i know our listeners will too and thanks for being my dm friend i'm gonna keep dming you so <laughs> and um make sure to visit childrenshealthdefense.org to learn more about the things that we talked about today and um and, and follow me on instagram although they have shut down my instagram so i don't know if you can even access it anymore but they have me throttled so i was on it i think earlier today so you know what i heard they were opening a little you, you usually you what they did is they shut it down so you couldn't find it unless you wrote Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. The entire name. <laughs> and, uh, That's been happening to a lot of people. So. Well, God. thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. I'll talk to you all soon. Thank you so much. Okay. Yeah. All right. Be Bye, nice. Mr. Kennedy. Bye-bye. I've always wanted Bye. to say that. <laughs> <laughs>
So do what you can to help. Join Macy's and round up your purchase to the nearest dollar at checkout to support APIA scholars. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. Get ready to simplify your life with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. Stay connected wherever you go and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Powering applications like real-time GPS and voice assistant, navigation becomes a breeze. Plus, with Wi-Fi for up to 10 devices, you can keep everyone entertained while on the road. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. Discover the convenience for yourself and see if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicles and operation compatible device and vehicle require. What if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job, not a website, but a person in your community that would help you for free? Choose Express Employment Professionals and that's exactly what you'll get. Express Employment Professionals is the local jobs expert you can trust, and they never charge a fee to help with your job search. Go to expresspros.com to find the office near you or download the Express Jobs app to get started. With a wide range of opportunities in a variety of industries, from welding to sales, forklift operator to customer service, the team at Express is ready to help you or someone you know take the next career step. Whether you're looking for a contract job for the summer or a new full-time role, turn to Express Employment. Interviewing with Express Employment professionals can be as easy as a phone call, and one application with Express puts you in the running for numerous opportunities in your community. Don't go in your job search alone. Visit ExpressPros.com today. Hey there, mamas. Everyone knows how it goes. You're giving it your all to breastfeed or pump for your little one. But there are times when you might need a little extra help. That's where traditional medicinals Mother's Milk comes in. Mother's Milk is an organic herbal tea blend designed to support healthy lactation for breastfeeding and pumping moms. Plus, it's caffeine-free. Learn more about Mother's Milk at traditionalmedicinals.com forward slash Mother's Milk. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This project is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Okay, so as we said at the beginning of this episode, we just wanted to gather some professionals who know way more than us about uh, the topics, the sensitive topics that we talk about um, on today's episode and just in general. And so we have, we're joined by Dr. Abe Malkin, who is an MD, MBA in Southern California. He's been to every kind of medical school you can think of. Um, he he does. Schools that we can't even pronounce, they're so good. Yeah, Stu- yeah, exactly. So he's way more certified than any of us, and we want to welcome Dr. Abe to the show. Dr. Abe, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, nice to be with you guys. Thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. You know, we, we wanted you to come on today because we talked to Robert Kennedy Jr. Um, earlier in the show, and, you know, it's amazing how there's these certain topics, right, in, in life and in society that we talk about, and what we were talking about with him was a lot about vaccinations. And it gets so personal. It's just like politics in general, right? It's just one of those topics that it's hard for people to see the other side of the coin because it just feels so personal and they make it so personal because it is, especially when it comes to your children, like vaccinations and, and so on. And so just to pick up where we left off with, with RFK Jr. is the whole vaccination thing from your expertise, you know, you're a doctor in family medicine, and I'm sure you talk to parents and children for you when you're talking to these parents and reassuring them and maybe what they want to do, how do you approach such a topic as this? 
Yeah, I think you have to uh, be considerate of the fact that parents are, you know, concerned about what they hear uh, out in the media. And, uh, you know, these are their precious children. Uh, so although we as doctors can sometimes tend to be a little bit more medical and scientific, given our training, you know, there's definitely a human element to this and uh, that needs to be addressed. So, you know, whenever I talk to parents about vaccination, I, I do recognize that there are differing opinions, although, you know, certainly in the minority, but that has to be reconciled. Um, when you're talking about a young child, a baby, you know, getting vaccines, vaccination shots, it can be jarring to a parent, especially when they hear things that make it seem like that could be harmful to them. Um, but what I try to do is really stick to some of the facts that, that you know, um, indicate the vast majority of people support vaccines, but also address the human element and, you know, talk to, to a parent like uh, as, as just another caring individual where my goal is not just simply to follow a protocol, but actually to do what's best in the best interest of their child, um, which ultimately give them the most healthy and, and fruitful life. So I think coming at it from that angle, the more impassioned, empathetic stance definitely helps a lot in having those discussions with parents. Is it, I make up in, in my own mind that it could be frustrating because if I was an expert at one thing, and if I heard just people coming into my office on a regular basis saying, I read that, I heard you know this, I someone said this, and when you're hit with that, is it, I mean, you're a human too, is it frustrating at times? And when you're trying to, to do the best for your patients, how do you handle that Like as a clinical professional who went to school to know more information than the general public, right? And when you have people saying, well, I read on this, I've heard this, and how do you kind of handle that aspect? Yeah, I mean, I think medicine as a whole is constantly evolving. So it's not as though we live in this dogmatic world where, you know, one thing is true and it's true forever. And, and you know, we, we're not, we're very inflexible. Uh, that being said, in medicine, we do change at a very glacial pace in the sense that in order for something to be adopted as practice, you know, practice current practice of care, it needs to have randomized controlled trials, large scale studies vetted by professionals in order to change our practice behavior. So, you know, we do hear all the time, well, I saw this on WebMD or I heard this on Dr. Google or my friend told me this, but that doesn't change our, our practice behavior. What does change our practice behavior is, is randomized controlled trials that are vetted and published by the, med the, you know, the medical community. So um, that's what we go by as physicians you know, because it does allow us to fall back on knowing that those have been really vetted studies, you know, hearsay, anecdotal evidence, you know, may be the impetus for change, but it's certainly not something that's going to lead to a full scale change in our behavior. What um, I don't know if you've heard if you heard some of the Robert Kennedy um, Jr. interview, but when he says that they're like he wants the scientific proof behind it and that like he would love that evidence and then he would basically stop talking about that. Why? I mean, is there a scientific evidence or is, is there not? So there, there's many, many studies that show the efficacy of vaccines. Uh, each vaccine itself has a, a myriad of literature supporting it, whether it be flu vaccines, MMR, measles, uh, yellow fever, smallpox, these have all been studied in numerous studies that have shown the efficacy and the drastic, re drastic reduction in cases, um, you know, using the vaccine. And conversely, there have been studies that have shown that 
the risks and the negative effects that anti-vaccination individuals claim are just not substantiated. You know, the biggest one, of course, was the 1998 study that Dr. Wakefield, who kind of pioneered the anti-vaccination movement, provided to show that, you know, MMR vaccine caused autism. And very shortly thereafter, that was debunked by a number of people in the medical community who, in fact, went as far to say that his results were falsified. So I don't really um, understand that position, that there isn't scientific evidence. There's a vast abundance of evidence. Um, And I think there may be small scale studies done by questionable individuals that may show uh, differing opinions, but that's certainly not the majority. And, you know, there's plenty of evidence on, on, on the contrary. You know, I was, when we were talking to him, I kind of played devil's advocate and I asked him, I was like, you know, because what he was ultimately saying is he doesn't believe it's a one size fits all kind of mentality, which I get, but at the same time, you're trying to provide something to the masses, right? And each vaccination can't be a customizable thing per individual. That's just, I don't know how that's medically or financially possible, right? To test it or do all those things. So I asked him, I was like, isn't there just going to be, no matter what you do, there's going to be some fallout. There's going to be some side effects. Like it's a numbers game. So not everyone is going to react the same way to every medication, right? That That's why there's multiple different metal medications to treat the same symptom or the same issue because people react differently. And I, and I make up that for vaccinations, it's kind of the same. People are going to react differently. It's unfortunate. It sucks. But that's also life, right? Like car accidents. Sometimes it's just an accident. It's no one's fault. And, you know, I, I don't mean to compare I, it to I that, will but. just say that I, one thing, though, if, you know, because I saw something on Instagram, you know, a baby that died young because of the vaccination. If that was your baby and that died, you might take a different stance on it. Just be like, for oh, sure. you, you know, that's where I would be like. No, that's why it's yeah. hard. That mm-hmm. No, for sure. And how do they know that the baby died from vaccination complications? They ha- like right after they got it, the baby went like bad red plotches everywhere and then it. And is, is that something that does happen every once in a while? Yeah, and, and you bring up a really great point, Michael, um, that this is not one size fits all. As with anything, there's gonna be outliers. So for example, you know, babies that are immunocompromised will not do well with a vaccine because you're introducing a, a, a potentially harmful element into their body. But that's, again, that's a, you know, infinitesimally small number of, of children. Mm-hmm. Um, children who have severe allergic reaction to your point, that certainly those will be at risk. So, and again, what you have to, you know, and again, if it is your child or your baby, you certainly wouldn't look at this objectively. Mm-hmm. You have you know, a much more subjective emotional response to it. But as a, as a society, as a health, public health issue, we do have to think about what is best for the greatest good. And I think at this point, you know, mass vaccinations are, certainly out benefit outweighs the risk and then you know in the future we are going to work toward personalized medicine we are seeing genetic testing done in a more an adult setting to to personalize antibiotics to personalize psychiatric medications you know i can see 10 20 years down the line where when a baby is born we have their full genetic map and we know how to tailor vaccines and medications to fit that uh, fit them personally so i think things will continue to improve uh, but in the meantime this is definitely the best we have out there what about when they say that um, the vaccinations aren't being tested? Is that is that false or 
it, it, it's, it's certainly false. You know, the reason that it takes so long for a COVID vaccine is because there's four stages of testing that vaccines have to go through. First, it has to, you know, first they have to test it to make sure it makes sense scientifically. Then they have to make sure that it's effective. Then they have to make sure it's safe. Then they have to test it in, in humans. So every vaccine has to go through that in order to obtain FDA approval. And how come there's so much more? Like, I mean, as a baby, I didn't get these many vaccines. Um, and then there's so much more in the vaccines now, too. I, You know, some of the things that I read, I'm like, that's in there. Um, you know, is that... Is that just the progress of how, you know, the vaccinations are being made um, to to help these other diseases or like what? what why? I just I don't know why. Like, am I going to lack something because I didn't get the same vaccinations that my kids did or. <laughs> so we definitely do modify vaccines to target, you know, different public health issues. So measles vaccines obviously became much more popular and we basically eradicated measles as a result. Uh, in fact, some of the ingredients have actually been taken out. So mercury is obviously a hot topic when it comes to vaccines. Let's just address mercury. There's actually very few vaccines now that do contain mercury. And the reason they use mercury, and, and it's called uh, thermosol, is because uh, it's actually an antimicrobial agent that helps prevent fungus and bacteria from growing inside of a vaccine bottle. And the reason we that's important is because in order to produce enough vaccines to vaccinate the entire population of children, we need to use multi-dose vials. It's very expensive to use single dose vials for every single child. So if you're using a multi-dose vial and it's uh, you know, gonna be on the shelf for a week or two weeks while you're using it for different children, in order to prevent it from developing infection within the vial, mercury is helpful. So, uh, it, but in, in the last 10 years, the FDA has really come down and removed mercury from almost all vaccines that we use. The only two that it really is still used for is the DTaP and Tdap vaccines, uh, because it's just, there's four different vaccines in one and it's a multi-dose vial and it's often, you know, uh, it needs to be 100% sterile. So to your point, that was a long-winded answer to say we actually have done a good job of removing certain things from vaccines, which may potentially be harmful. Is it, you know, like we were talking about, obviously uh, someone who has experienced the negative outcome of a vaccine with their children is obviously more subjected to, you know, the emotional response around this topic. Have you known any doctors or clinical professionals that have had children that have suffered from that unfortunate, you know, circumstance and either changed their position or still been like, well, they understand the the possibility of some negative outcome? Yeah, I, I mean, I personally have not known anyone that had that outcome, but I think to, to your point earlier, I think we all do come at this from an empathetic standpoint mm -hmm. and we can understand the the reason why someone who, especially if they had a, a bad outcome or their friend had a bad outcome, would want to take that stance. Uh, but we treat on a public health basis. We, we, we at this point, we it's it's not feasible to treat uh, every single individual child differently because we just wouldn't be able to to vaccinate effectively at that point. And you know, herd immunity is a real thing. So mm -hmm. if a certain number of children in the community are being vaccinated, it prevents all children. So it's really important you know, even if a couple of children decide to, to, to remove themselves or their parents decide to remove them because the vast majority of children are being vaccinated, those children actually do uh, afford the benefit of vaccination. So 
I understand if people individually on an individual basis need to remove themselves for certain reasons, but we really do need to maintain herd immunity because that's incredibly important, even for those children that don't get vaccinated. I was just going to ask, and this is my, my last question around the vaccination, then I want to change gears, but do you think it's uh, appropriate that whether it's government or states or whatever can determine, you know, can make vaccinations mandatory? Do you think that in your personal belief, do you think that's appropriate? Or like you said, if it's a you know herd immunity, still I, I make up that the higher population is still going to you know use vaccinations and everything. That if you do have those outliers that for religious beliefs, personal beliefs, whatever it may be, and they choose not to, it's like, okay, you choose not to, but at least we still have the majority that are being vaccinated. So that's a, that's a minefield of a question. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I... I will say that from a personal perspective, given that I think the, the, the benefits of vaccine are extremely valuable, I think that for certain people involved in a group setting, whether it be schools or other public functions, you, you know, vaccines can be required. But I don't think that, you know, on a just freedom level, people should have to vaccinate their children if they choose to homeschool or if they choose to uh, remove them in other ways from uh, a public setting. Mm -hmm. uh, but obviously that's very difficult. So in reality, it would probably be a scenario where someone would have to get their kids vaccinated. Right. Understandable. Okay, I want to shift gears real quick because it says you're also a board-certified addiction uh, medicine, a member of the American Society of Addiction Medicine. Um, being one who suffers from an, addic an addiction, not you know um, a substance addiction, but... I'm just curious around that. I haven't heard much about addiction medicine. Um, can you just kind of fill myself and our listeners in on kind of what that is? Sure. So, uh, you know, over the last 10 to 20 years, we've really started to see addiction more of a disease as, as opposed to a, a behavior choice. Mm -hmm. You know, addiction used to be, you know, something that we sort of criticized people or ridiculed them uh, because of their choices. But now we're realizing it's, it's, an, it's, an, it's a disease just like diabetes, you know, cancer, other things where once a person be develops that addiction, whether it be through genetic reasons or, you know, behavioral issues as a child, they really don't have a lot of choice in the matter uh, and need medical help. So I work with a lot of patients with multi-substance issues, whether it be alcohol, opiates, benzos, gambling, other types of addictions, and really try to help them uh, either in a pharmaceutical way or in a, in a behavioral therapy way to battle those addictions and it's very gratifying for me because i'm seeing people that in other areas of their life are excelling but have unfortunately addiction problems that are really limiting them from reaching their full potential so um, i do my practice specifically i work with patients sort of on a very individual in-home concierge model whereas there's many many other options for patients who need to go into a residential treatment setting or an outpatient program or aa uh, mine is just a little bit more individualized have you found with the, the more substance abuse driven addictions with, you know, narcotics or alcohol that there is some kind of pharmaceutical remedy for that? Yeah. So I would say about 50% of addiction is genetic and mm -hmm. it's very hard to, to do that. The other 50% is due to dopamine pleasure reward pathways in the brain. So when you see something, it triggers a, a a certain emotion or feeling that it causes a certain behavior. So I would say that aspect of addiction can be treated pharmaceutically. The genetic component to it is very hard to treat. 
So, you know, there are, there are medications out there that block the, re the receptor that that substance triggers. So mm -hmm. for example, take a drink of alcohol, it stimulate or, or use an opiate, it sti stimulates the opioid receptor in your brain that releases dopamine that makes you feel good. If you can block that receptor so that when you take that drink of alcohol, or you, you use that opiate, you don't feel that euphoria, then now breaks the, the, that positive feedback mechanism that wants you to keep doing more and more. So this is not a foolproof, but this is definitely something helpful pharmacologically that can help a lot of people. That's really interesting. And I, so, I mean, I'm a, we're open on the show. My, all my stuff is out there. So I suffer from sex addiction mm -hmm. um, and I've been in, in recovery for that for the past four years, you know, on and off been doing, you know, fighting my good fight uh, per se around that. And it, for me, you know, with something like that, that's not of substance based you know, it's been hard even for myself early on to wrap my head around it, to uh, to understand it, let alone my wife or, or the people around me to understand it's like, okay, alcohol or substance abuse, you can kind of get that. There's a chemical, like a, it's almost, it's easier to understand the physical, you know, chemical around that with, you know, the sex addiction aspect or maybe gambler's addiction or, or whatever it may be. It's, it's a little different and it's, it's been hard to, um, live with it's been hard to uh, articulate to people and help them understand and put into words the things that go on in my head and, and where all that comes from and the dopamine and everything so with those kind of addictions are you saying that there's still there could be some pharmaceutical benefit around that some somewhat i you know for, for, for gambling addiction, there, there are some medications that have been trialed. For sex addiction, there's really no FDA-approved medication. However, what, you know, the typical treatment course for someone with uh, behavioral addiction, such as sex addiction, is twofold. Number one is psychotherapy to uncover any uh, underlying issues, maybe trauma as a child or you know, things that have caused these behaviors. And number two, behavioral therapy. So where psychotherapy looks back to understand what has caused the behavior in the past, behavioral therapy is say, in that moment, what can I do to change my behavior? Mm -hmm. And that may be um, uh, uh, neuro-linguistic programming, NLP. It might be um, other types of behavioral therapy, uh, which have been used in, in a lot of different walks of life. You know, a lot of um, success coaches teach CEOs and athletes the physical things that they can do to really be present in the moment, you know, things simply as like brushing your hair, touching your finger, touching a watch, which reminds you of something that's, that's what behavioral therapy is. Mm -hmm. So maybe when you get those urges, you know, you, you, you touch something that reminds you of your, your children or your wife, and that makes you, you, you not uh, engage in that behavior. Mm hmm. I know my wife's over here. Like, if there's a drug out there, my I'm husband like, give me the medicine. He'll be the guinea yeah, pig. Yeah. I'm like the he'll... cocktail. Give me, give me the cocktail to make right. it. Right. <laughs> it just stops. Well, that that's fascinating. That I make up. That has to be uh, extremely rewarding to to kind of work into that field. And, and kudos to you, just being someone who who suffers from that, and to know that there's you know good doctors like you who are constantly working at at right. helping those who so, suffer from addiction because it impacts so many people not just the person who suffers you know there's so many people around it um that deal with it yeah absolutely yeah. i i do have a question because i've i've used dr google on this one so i'm just curious <laughs> um i you know i've i've suffered from anxiety and ptsd and um i've been on a medicine for god i don't even know how many years now 10 or 12 15 plus years and um you know, a part of me is like, okay, 
I know now that I'm not gonna die. I'm like I'm not. I don't need to call the ambulance. I don't need to, you know, you know, alert the the entire neighborhood. Like I'm okay. I know how to work through a panic attack right now. Now I like being on. I'm on a very low dosage of Lexapro, and I mm. I like it. But is it is it harmful to continue to be on a drug for that long and to continue to stay on it? Because I, I don't, I'm so fearful of, I mean, I, I don't even like taking Tylenol. I'm like, oh my God, is this going to cause cancer? Or is this going to, you know, or is this just the thing that's going to just keep me like calm for moments? So Lexapro in particular is a, is a very low risk drug. So that's the kind of drug you can take for decades and decades and, and you're, you're completely fine. And also you're on a moderate to low dose. So mm-hmm. not something that I would consider that you have to taper. There are other medications, you know, like, Benzodiazepines, Xanax, Valium, Ativan, those medications can be very harmful to someone. Mm-hmm. And I would certainly recommend that people get off of them as early in their life as they can, because the longer they're on them, it can be more difficult. Um, the way that the mechanism of action from Lexapro specifically be, is not harmful to the body, whereas in contrast, other medications like the benzodiazepines that I mentioned can be harmful. So um, every medication is different. In your case, uh, that, that's fine for you to stay on okay. it. Thanks, Doc. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on. I mean, is there anything that you just want everyone to know about just overall health and um, doctors? <laughs> I say the same thing every time I, I get on. I, it's my soapbox about health. You know, we're especially in this time of COVID, we're all thinking about like, is there going to be a vaccine? What's the treatment? You know, but. I have, you know, I have a relatively small practice because it's a concierge practice and my patients are tend to be more health conscious and, you know, health optimizers and many of them have gotten COVID and many and all, all of them have recovered fine. So I use that as a small sample size to say, if you just take care of your body, exercise, get enough sleep, avoid toxins, make sure you have enough vitamins in your body, eat a healthy diet, you know, you, you're going to be in a good place relative to, to the rest of society. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much. Dr. Abe, thank you for your time. We really appreciate it. And you're welcome back anytime because I've really enjoyed talking to you. So thank you. Likewise. Thank you. That was fascinating. Some of the, especially the stuff that we talked about afterwards. Yeah. I think, uh, again, like we kind of started this episode with, I think it, it was really important to have just two different minds about this stuff because again, we're not professionals. Don't take our word for anything. And even Robert Kennedy said it, even with his, as much as he's on the other side of the fence, he was like, just ask questions, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and Dr. Abe, even we, when we asked him, it's like, how do you, how does he receive, you know, people asking questions and he seemed very open to it. Yeah. You know, he wasn't like defensive about it. He was just like, yeah, it's okay. People come in. It's a very personal thing. So our, he was saying, he's like, our job is to be empathetic to that, that this is a lot of these topics involve their children, which were we protect more than anything in this world. So I, I really enjoyed this episode. There's a lot of information. So just take it all for what it is. And that's all it is. Just ask questions, process information and make your own decision. For sure. Love you guys. Later. Hey there, mamas. Everyone knows how it goes. You're giving it your all to breastfeed or pump for your little one. But there are times when you might need a little extra help. That's where traditional medicinals Mother's Milk comes in. Mother's Milk is an organic herbal tea blend designed to support healthy lactation for breastfeeding and pumping moms. Plus, it's caffeine free. Learn more about Mother's Milk at traditionalmedicinals.com forward slash Mother's Milk.
These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This project is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. You know, I don't even know where to start with this because it's the comfort, it's the style, it's the whole look. That's what I love about my Tacovas. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots. And Tacovas is your stop before attending your next concert. All Tacovas boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacovas has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. Shop by your local Tacovas store, have a complimentary drink, and shop new styles. If you can't make it to a store, just visit Tacovas.com. That's Tacovas, T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com, and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 